0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Meta Psychics. My name is Liv. This is M. M say Hi. Yo. And today we're doing listener stories. If you're new to the podcast, no. uh, we are Psychic Mediums, and this is our podcast about all things paranormal, metaphysical, and in between. And today we're talking about your stories that you've sent to us as sidekicks listeners, if you will. And we're gonna tell you what we think about your stories as psychic mediums. Are you excited? yeah cool beans you want to start with the first one sure sick
1: the first one comes from a patron and their name is kyan g hopefully that's how you say that
0: i figured it was like ryan but yeah i think you said it right Kyon's
1: well, k there's no r
0: yeah but okay. like ryan Kion. oh got you <laughs>
1: The Ember-Eyed Watcher is the title of the story, so let's start. Hello. I apologize for the length of the story in advance, but I will do my best to keep it as short as possible. I've always felt in tune with the paranormal world for as long as I can remember. As a kid, with no reason to be interested in the paranormal, I would always get confused when I heard the occasional soft whisper in my ear or when I would make out figures in the dark that I would explain away. Growing up in a religious household, I was told by my mom that this is a sin to believe the lie that ghosts exist. This made dealing with my spiritual connection really difficult as I did not and still do not feel like I can talk about it with anyone in my life. Validation for what I'm experiencing is extremely hard to find. Your podcast and YouTube channel has provided me with the ability to explore this side of my life that I was told not to allow. Anyway, now for the spoopy story. Most of my experiences with the paranormal have been when I opened myself up to it. Besides the large possibility that I am just completely crazy and have very little spiritual connection, I believe that I have clairaudience and at least a little clairvoyance. This is ironic because I am going into music ed and have a great natural ability with hearing that comes with playing music. Music runs in my family and I believe that I might potentially have some sort of guide from the musically gifted side of the family that is helping me with this. I usually envision a female, but you tell me if they are even real. Anyway, sometimes this side of me can get overwhelming, so I usually envision a giant on and off switch in my brain and do my best to block out things when I don't want to see them. Unfortunately, this doesn't always work, which is terrifying. The most notable of times is something that I believe I often see. I dubbed this thing the Watcher. My first experience with the Watcher happened when I was a kid. It was later at night, and I was trying to fall asleep in my moonlit room. I had a loft bed in the back corner of my room, and my door was kept halfway open in front of my room. After trying to fall asleep for a while, I rolled over and looked at my door. Whenever I turned over, I saw it. It was standing behind the door, as if to make a lazy attempt to hide itself in case I could see it. Its hands were gripped to the door, one on top and one on the side of it. Its head was above the door and almost at my eye level, making it at least eight feet tall. The only features that I saw was an outline of it filled with black fuzziness and its eyes its deep entrancing amber eyes were the only thing separating it from being a shadow figure not only were its eyes a different color but a different texture as well and certainly not human eyes despite feeling very masculine I determined that if what I was seeing was real then it was not human it gave me a very deep, unnatural feeling, which is sometimes how I feel when you talk about lower vibrational energy. However, I did not feel as if it was intending to harm me, but instead, it just wanted to sit at a distance and observe. Hint at the name. I feel as if I have seen this thing many times since then, and each time I get the same hazy, deep feeling. It is not always just when I am about to go to sleep, but a couple weeks ago, I felt as if I saw it at the foot of my bed, which was terrifying. One thought I had while thinking about it is that it doesn't feel sentient in the way humans are. Anyway, is this thing real or am I just crazy? If it is real, what does it want? Or what is it motive for watching me? Thank you so much for reading my story and I absolutely love everything you guys do. When you say that its eyes are like weirdly textured all I can think about is like giant bug
0: eyes where they're all like textured like a um, honeycomb. <laughs> it really freaks me out. I also mm-hmm. feel like um I know you wanted me to you wanted us to touch on the spirit guide that you think is female. I am sure you probably have a female spirit guide. The only thing that I see though when it comes to your like music auditory things is I feel like you have a male ancestor so someone that is related to you biologically in this life that you inherit your auditory awesomeness from because he like is this cute sort of beboppy old guy and he gives me like steamboat mickey vibes so like from that era
1: Hmm. interesting yeah yeah
0: so uh I don't I feel like the weird feeling that you get when you perceive this entity is just because it is that lower vibrational thing, but I don't think it, like you said, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like you do see it, but the reason you get that hazy feeling is because it has that like low, like hum to it. Almost like when you're sitting in a car with like subwoofers and you can feel it, mm-hmm. but I don't, that's the only information that I really get from it, but I don't know what it is, why it's there or anything like that
1: well, you don't
0: know. Ask this dude. He says, I don't talk about those things. He's like a person.
1: So (laughs)
0: Mm. he put his hands up. Okay. So what do you think about the weird textured eye boogeyman?
1: (laughs) It doesn't have anything to say. It doesn't really have a consciousness. It's just kind of a balloon. It just sits there and like quietly hums in the corner. (laughs) They make me feel like it's kind of like I don't know if they show me like a little tiny thing and then a flashlight being shined onto it and the projection of its shadow is so much bigger and scarier than it actually is. So (laughs) that's funny. They make me feel like it's more so associated to like the house than it is to this person. Mm. But it's just like the aftermath of it. It's kind of blown away interesting so it doesn't have a motive it's just kind of trying to get back but it doesn't have the capabilities of doing that either so
0: i can also only think about mothman when you tell me about it (laughs) why i don't know it it makes me feel like the outline of it would be like mothman but instead of red eyes it has orange eyes or ember eyes Mm -hmm. as kyan says anyways thank you kyan for sending in your story I'm glad that you shared it with us. And everybody that says and starts their thing, their like listener story off with, I'm so sorry, it's so long. It is not long. It's not long enough. I want you to be detailed. Sometimes we have people send in stories and they tell us like the exact schematic layout of their house. And that's the type of detail and like story length that I'm looking for. Do it. Don't be afraid to to have us read your stories. It's what I'm excited about. Anyways, thank you, Kyan. The next story is called haunted experiences by Michaela B. Michaela says, I want to preface this by stating that while all of the experiences are hundred percent true events that actually happened, some of the details might be slightly fudged as they are from over a decade ago. And I was a child as they were happening. So Michaela says, when I was in fifth grade, my parents moved into a house as my grandma fell ill with bladder cancer and needed to live with us something our apartment at the time couldn't accommodate, hence the need to move. It was a nice house that was just up the road that had been built in the 1940s and had clearly been added onto later based on the awkwardly large downstairs bathroom and the small upstairs, quote, storeroom that had a built-in table with round holes in it and an alcove that could fit a shower. There was a lot of perceived paranormal things that happened. I had friends who would come over and they would get stomach aches, but shortly after leaving the house, it would almost immediately get better. I also got stomach aches a lot while living there. My parents fought a lot and had shorter fuses than normal. My grandma survived the bladder cancer, but got gangrene and lost a leg from it. Still survived though. That's literally like my favorite part of this whole thing. Just like casually... She survived bladder cancer, but lost a limb because she got gangrene. And I just, I think that's, I feel like that's just how life is, you know? It's a very full of life sentence. Anyways, my dad's drinking got worse and my mom's stress went through the roof and I was borderline not wanting to live anymore by 13 all while living there. Not saying those were all caused by paranormal phenomena, but the root issue had been long established before even getting the keys to the place, but they definitely got a lot worse shortly after moving in. Coincidence? Maybe, but for some reason, I doubt it. While I liked the house, I never felt totally welcome there. There was a tiny basement-like area under the stairs that never really sat well with me. Maybe it's because Harry Potter lived there. (laughs) Maybe Dobby lived there. You don't know. It's under the stairs. I just had a reading with someone a couple weeks ago, and they had a little tiny, like, thing under their stairs, too, and
1: something lived there. It's the best place to live.
0: I mean, I guess so. If I I had, well, I do have a little tiny, like, thing underneath my stairs. I don't think about it that way, though.
1: I'm going to manifest a scary thing in there for you.
0: Sounds on brand for right now. Mm -hmm. So a strange hit of anxiety would kick in and I always needed to rush up the stairs. But then the second I got to the landing and closed the bedroom door behind me, it would vanish. There was a small crawl space in the upstairs bedroom that also triggered anxiety in me. Again, for seemingly no reason. Also, all of these things don't seem like seemingly no reason. As a child, I would always feel like someone was chasing me up the stairs. Did you ever experience that?
1: I feel like everybody feels that way.
0: I feel like no one does. No one doesn't not. I don't.
1: Yeah, I feel like everybody does.
0: Yeah, so it just... Feels that way. Always, 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 always. In a closet and a bedroom door? Exactly. Always scary. Objects moving from their set place was probably the first thing that made us wonder if the house was haunted or not. I noticed this happened the very first night I stayed in the house. I had set a purple bow from one of my stuffed animals on the shelf. A friend of mine and I went downstairs, and when we came back, the same bow was on the floor near where we had been sitting earlier. A few minutes later... My dad mentioned to me that he had experienced something similar. The longer we stayed in the house, the creepier the hauntings got. One night at about two or three in the morning, my mom called the police because she had heard the gate in the front of our house open and slam shut. She was worried a stranger was in our yard trying to get in the house. The police came, did a search, but ultimately found no sign of anyone and chalked it up to the wind. It had been a windy night, but the thing is that the gate had a latch on it that took an annoying level of coordination and dexterity to undo. Plus, you would have to reach your arm over the top of the gate to even open it from the outside. The wind alone couldn't have been enough to get the gate open. The gate itself was made of solid wood and fairly heavy, so it would have had to have been extremely windy for it to even budge. To this day, my mom and I are still convinced it was paranormal. When my grandma was sick with Grain Green, we got a baby monitor so she could call for help in the middle of the night and be guaranteed a quick response. Honestly, that is like a really good idea. (laughs) I was thinking maybe like a walkie talkie, but if it's a baby monitor, you don't even have to like push a button, which is like ingenious, honestly. It worked well enough, but occasionally it would pick up the cries of a baby, even though there was no baby in the house or even in range of the monitor. We still have no idea how it happened or whose baby it was. Dingo's baby. One night when I was trying to sleep, I heard the most evil, chilling voice call my name directly in my ear as if someone was leaning over me. The voice was masculine and in deep, with a bit of a growl to it. It sounded so real I thought someone was in my room. I'd never reached for the light switch faster in my life. I don't have words for how hard. I freaked out when I realized that there was no one there. There couldn't have been, even if someone broke into my room, there was no time to even get out and even less to hide. My bed was right next to the door, so even in my panic, they couldn't have left that way without me noticing. I even opened my door to make sure it wasn't my dad playing a mean prank. My dad wasn't the kind to play a prank like that on his daughter, but I was freaked out and had to be sure. Plus, the voice had specifically said, Michaela, which my parents never used unless they were mad at me or trying to be formal with other people. I heard my dad's typical loud snoring from down the hall, and while I was relieved that it couldn't have been him, it meant that it had to have been a ghost, which scared me. I didn't fall asleep until the sun came up. Turns out, I wasn't the only one. My grandma had had several instances of hearing my mom call her name as she was drifting off to sleep. My dad thought he had heard my mom or me, and my mom heard grandma call hers. Though the experience was universal, apparently I was the only one who had heard a demon. I don't get nightmares very often, but one in particular that stood out while living in the house was a very unusual dream that frankly doesn't match my dreaming pattern, even for back then. I never dream of places I see in my everyday life, and when I do, they take on dream-influenced weirdness that greatly alters the appearance. Sometimes I only recognize something as X place because my dream self recognizes it as such when just looking at it I never would have guessed. I also don't dream of real people in my life much. Dude, same. My dream places are never, like, places that I would think are a place, but my dream self knows it. And I rarely dream of people that I actually, like, know in real life. And when I do, I'm like, hmm, odd. However, one of the most disturbing nightmares I've ever had was in the kitchen of the house, and it looked practically identical to its real-life counterpart. In the dream, my mom, dad, and I were frantically looking for something when I opened the cupboard above the stove, on the inside of the door was a strange glowing symbol and a disembodied voice said, because you have found this, one of you is going to die. The nightmare ends with my parents and I looking at each other with concern, only concern. <laughs> it makes me think about that scary game that we played um, on the live stream, the like coroner game. What was that called? The mortuary assistant. Yeah, absolutely horrifying with those weird ass glowing symbols and stuff, like mm. bodies just shake and we do weird things. I remember waking up and being confused if it actually happened or not since I had fallen asleep on the couch and also don't recall falling asleep or even laying down. Interestingly, about six months later, my dad started having heart problems, even though he was only about 44 at the time. If my mom hadn't convinced him to let her take him to the ER, he would have died. Maybe it was just a coincidence, but that was a rather scary one. There's a ton of other experiences my family and I had had in this house, but this is getting long and I'm sorry it's not super coherent as far as stories go. Girl, it's real freaking coherent. I don't know if the house was haunted by an angry human spirit, something evil, or perhaps something even demonic. But whatever it, it was, it definitely wanted us gone and wasn't happy we were there. It's a freaking wild ass story, Michaela. I would have been out of that house. i been like burning it, burning it down. I mean... It, only after your grandma got better, though. But it it would definitely be burned. Just move everything out. It's gone.
1: Yep, I don't know. There's this woman that has gray hair that's, like, pulled back in, like, a bun, ponytail, whatever. Um, And she says there's a lot of, like, secrets in the house that had happened in the house. Because mm-hmm. she makes me feel like I don't know if she lost a baby, but I feel like she lost a baby. I feel like she had a husband that was angry. I don't know if she was like cheating on him or something, but I feel like there's like like a love triangle sort of thing going on. But he's really angry about whatever she did, but that's what the secret is.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: Because um, I feel like the man is the person that is like whispered in your ear.
0: I see like a e like an older man who's scrawny. And I know that the man that you're talking about isn't scrawny. He's more like a medium build, I think. But he's different. The scrawny man's different from the people you're talking about. So Okay. I don't think he's one of the people that haunts the house, but I definitely think there's like an angry Yeah,
1: he's brown hair. He's very masculine. And he's very square. He's a very square face. Mm-hmm. So he seems angry about something this woman did. But I don't know if he, like, died before. I feel like something happened to him. I don't know. It's definitely not good,
0: though. I feel like there's just a terrible, scary male spirit in there. But I don't know if it's human, though. I feel like it might be different from the people that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, no, they say that their issues caused the, like, negative Uh, stuff to happen.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: But they just say that there's a lot of, Bad energy because of the people that lived there. Because they tell me about the House of Usher on Netflix, where this dude, like, he's super rich and has everything that he could possibly want. And he, like, made a deal with the devil, but that's, like, a different story. But he says it's similar in the sense of all of his relatives, all of his children ended up dead because of the decisions that he made. They make me feel like it's similar. There's a lot of secrets that are behind like money, uh, romance, that sort of thing. Like a lot of gossip that caused a lot of really dramatic things.
0: Hmm. My spirit guides show me the like scary negative entity as, uh, you know, like from Harry Potter where Voldemort like screams out of the dust when he like gets burned off of that dude's back of his head. Oh, yeah. That's what they show me. The scary thing in the house is, like, Mm -hmm. it's terrifying. I was just reading this last night, and I was like, oh, dear. I need a glass of milk. Anyways. All right. Your turn.
1: Lending a hand. Hamburger helper style. This is another patron story from Paula C. Hi, Em and Liv. I hope you are doing well. Awesome podcast. This happened about two or three years ago when my family and I still lived in the apartment where I was raised. Maybe it was sleep paralysis. Regardless, this was the first and only time I experienced something like this. Fun. Enjoy. I was sleeping on the top bunk bed facing the ceiling. My pet pigeon Bebas, Don't know if that's how you say that. Was cradled between my hands. Suddenly, I woke up. I turned my head towards the right to look at the clock. It's around 3.40 a.m. Facing the clock, I leaned my cheek against the back of my right hand, with my elbow leaning against the rim of the bed, and closed my eyes to go back to sleep. I felt comfortable, yet something didn't feel right. I opened my eyes and stared at my hands pressed against my face. My entire arm began to glow white, almost as if moonlight shone through the window above my head weird because i have semi-light skin but not that white a few seconds later i looked down and saw both hands holding my pigeon crap once i realized the hand on my face was not mine i looked at it again in terror and disbelief the hand lifted from my cheek and lingered for a moment almost as if in shock that the jig was up Before the entire arm quickly escaped downward, heading towards the bottom bunk bed. Classic horror film stunt. It was as if someone had been sitting on the bottom bunk stretching their arm upward to reach the top bunk to touch me, and then pulled their arm back down. After it left, I freaked out because I thought someone might have broken into my apartment. My mom was sleeping in the bottom bunk, and my brother was sleeping on the futon beside the bunk bed. I opened my mouth and screamed to wake up my mom and brother, but no sound came out. I tried to get up to check the room, but could only slightly squirm my body. I was stuck in place. After that, I remember hearing the morning alarm go off, sitting up and telling Bebas that he wasn't much help, haha. At least he got a good night's sleep. Bye and take care. Paula, I was just like, the story is just a complete
0: and total like croissant of things. And I just, I had to read it like four times to be like, okay, wait, what's happening? So you're sleeping on your bunk bed. I assume you're like on your stomach with your hands like stretched out, holding your pigeon. And your mom's sleeping on the bottom bunk and then your brother's on a futon in the corner. But like, so your hands are out in front of you holding your bird. But then you realize that like someone's caressing your face from underneath the bunk bed. But your mom's on the bunk bed underneath. I just it's like some weird Peter Pan thing to me he, like comes in. He's like, "Shh, shh, shh. it's just me. <laughs> You're just like, wait, what's happening? I still don't know what's happening. I feel like maybe you just had a weird dream. Because I don't necessarily get, like, any information from it, but it was just a very odd thing to read. What do you think, Em?
1: I feel like it's sleep paralysis. Mmm. They make me feel like things were a bit off when you were fell asleep. That made you, like, fall asleep, but somehow woke you up.
0: And you just got, like, an ethereal hand caressing you, and poor Bebes is just sleeping there. Cuckoo.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They make me feel like it was, like, weird for your body because it's, like, feels like your body is uneven. Like, the front half of you is on a lower part of the bed than the back of you. I don't know if that makes sense, but they say that that disoriented feeling caused you to have sleep paralysis. Because I don't think it's normal because you say it's not, but they just make me feel like the way your body felt going to sleep made it... Wake up weird.
0: If I eat chocolate before bed, I always have some crazy ass dreams. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of those things.
1: <laughs> well, sleep paralysis is different because you have to be woken up while you're still in REM sleep. So sometimes it's because there's a lot of fear associated to something or it can be because you or project or it can be that uh, something's like off with how you're sleeping because i people ask me about their like sleep paralysis dreams a lot mm, maybe it was bebas it was his fault
0: <laughs> just sleeping in your hands sometimes sniffles will sleep my cat next to me and i'll wake up thinking that it's like something else but it's her anyways just the pressure of her sleeping on my head <laughs> anyways thank you paula for your story And if you are interested in having Patreon priority for listener stories, you can go down to the show notes and check out our Patreon, which is pretty cool. You get a Discord server, exclusive videos, stuff like that, our uh, mediumship circles and Patreon lives that we hold once a month. It's a good time. Anyways, moving on to story number four, The Boy in the Corner. And this didn't have an author. I'm sure if you know who you are, you'll be like, that's my story. Please let us know. But it wasn't logged as a, a name, so... The boy in the corner. No author says. Ever since I was a child, I was always creeped out by this specific corner in my room. I'd look over into the corner and would see this boy with short brown hair, a jumper, and shorts on. I was never afraid of him, just more creeped out because why am I seeing a child in my bedroom? I never really thought much about it for years, and I thought I was just hallucinating. When I went to university, I never saw the child. But every time I went back home, there he was. I used to have this imaginary friend as a child as well, who may or may not be this boy in the corner of my room. When I was younger, I used to have these vivid dreams about me running in a forest with a boy, as if something was chasing us. Looking back at these dreams, they were so vivid that they seemed more like memories. I never had the dream about me and the boy dying, but I knew that's what happened next. I've always been interested in the metaphysical and would like to think I'm quite sensitive to it, but I have no idea if what I'm seeing and feeling are spirits or just me being delusional. What do you think about the boy in the corner?
1: I feel like you knew them in a past life. Mm Hmm. I feel like he died and it screwed you up between multiple lifetimes. Why? What Uh do you think? I was getting
0: information about it last night, but then I read the rest of the story and it ruined it for me. So since you haven't read the story, I figured I'd ask you. Okay. (laughs) So the rest of the story goes, one day, one of my former friends who said they could see ghosts told me that this boy was someone in my past life and was looking over me in this life because he blamed himself for me dying in my past life. I have no idea if what they said was true, but after we both had a discussion about it, I felt my cheeks tingle as if someone was holding them. After that day, I never saw the child in the corner of my room again, which was weird. I would love to hear your insight on this and if what they said was true.
1: Boom. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) I thought it was cute that you mentioned that your cheeks tingled because usually when I have a reading, or I guess it hasn't happened in a while, but I went through this phase where when I was having a reading and I would get an overarching topic of like whatever the reading was about, one side of my face or body would like tingle as if... The spirits were like, you got it.
1: It's correct. So I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Next one.
1: Multiple encounters. Celestia T? I don't know if that's how you say your name.
0: Dude, no. I loved it. I was like, her name is
1: freaking Celestia? Are you kidding me? Absolutely. The coolest thing ever. They have multiple stories, multiple encounters, multiple stories. Story one. First time aware of my ability when I was about four years old. I was outside with my mom and grandma when I had suddenly pointed towards the trees and mentioned a witch. It is important to know that my grandparents live on about 2.5 acres of land with a good amount of history to it. My grandparents have been living on this piece of land for almost 24 years and have been there when terrible things had taken place. My grandparents still live there. Back to the story. This happened back in 2011 when I was much younger. The day that this story took place was a very unique day for there was something there that was stronger only on that day. I was exploring my grandparents' land when I decided to settle down right behind my mom and grandma. I had picked up this flower that had seemed to be already broken off and it gave off a sense of death. Out of nowhere, I got my mom and grandma's attention by saying the witch killed the flower. They asked what I meant by that, and I pointed towards the trees at her where she was at. Both of them looked towards the trees, then back at one another and started whispering, kind of. I didn't understand what they were talking about till years later when I brought it up again. Turns out, years before I was born, a married couple lived up the street from them And the husband had a drinking problem, and one day in 2002, he had murdered his wife. The husband was never convicted because the police and him pinned her death on something else. My mom was about 12 years old when this happened. My mom, my auntie, and my grandparents knew that the husband did kill his wife, but didn't have any proof to show it to the police. The woman who was murdered remained on the land for many years, even after her house was demolished and turned into a car lot. The woman had loved her bed a lot, and the reason why she was still on on the land was because the bed was still there, even after the house was demolished. At the time, I had seen the woman. Her bed had recently been gotten rid of only a couple of years after the incidents of little me pointing to the trees and calling her a witch. I have a really good memory, and this is one of those things from my early childhood that I remember very clearly. And also due to the fact that one day we were talking about something, and I think it was my grandma that brought it up, and everything had come back to me when she brought up the story to this story I'd like to mention, that the witch's name is actually Robin. So what do you think about story one? I like that
0: you tell us what her name is at the end of the story. Because it's a, a lot of like validation and healing. But it was interesting. I mean, I like that you share your clairvoyant experience as a child of like seeing this woman and calling her as a witch as a baby. Because it's just a very kid thing to do, you know. Um, And I thought that it was interesting that you talk about the bed. Like was the bed just in the woods? someone just put it there and then someone eventually just threw it away. Like I don't say you talk about how your she was attached to her bed, but I don't know. It was just interesting. I like that. You tell it from the point of like you being little too.
1: Okay. Next story. Hmm. Well, that was story one. And the next one says story three. So I don't know what happened to story two, but it is here.
0: No, there's no story two. It just okay. says one and three. I think they just typed three
1: got it so missouri state penitentiary for my 15th birthday me and my family took a tour of the missouri state penitentiary the missouri state penitentiary was built in 1836 and continued till 2004 this prison was nicknamed the bloodiest 47 acres Hmm. should go there There are multiple reasons why it has this nickname. One of the reasons is the riot of 1954. The riot of 1954 was a bloody riot for there were only four deaths but 50 injured. It took the military getting involved for the riot to stop. And it also cost the state $5 million in repairs for almost the whole prison being burnt down from the inmates setting fires to the factories. During all this chaos, a man by the name of Walter donnell was brutally murdered walter was known as a snitch and he had snitched on some of the most infamous gangs at the time and during his time in the missouri state penitentiary his story was found out by an inmate who was associated with one of the gangs in prison that walter had snitched on before he was sent to prison walter immediately had a target on his back So, for his protection, he was moved to Death Row. During the riot, some of the inmates had gotten access to some keys and decided to pay him a visit. The inmates broke into Death Row and went straight to his cell. Some of the inmates had gotten access to the sledgehammer and decided to use the sledgehammer to beat Walter up. Walter was brutally beaten and murdered. Now, back to when I took the tour. We were taken to Death Row and were told his story. Walter's cell number was cell 24. I had gotten the opportunity to step in the cell, and as soon as I stepped into the cell, I was overcome with a sense of wanting to throw up, and my head started to hurt. I told the tour guide, and he said he had never heard of anyone who felt sick stepping into a cell. But it does make sense for how Walter was killed. I still get the feeling of wanting to throw up, even when I am just thinking about the tour.
0: I think it's cool that you share your clairsentient experience too because I went to a reformatory once for school and this was before I knew I was a medium and things like that and the overwhelming feelings just walking through the reformatory was interesting to say the least so when I read your story I was like same girl (laughs) it just is weird
1: well what how do you think they got it in there got in where Death Row, I feel like they had help. The inmates? Yeah.
0: Oh, I think that they beat up one of the prison guards during the, because this happened during the giant riot, the revolt. So I'm sure the gang got one of the prison guard keys, beat the crap out of him, got the keys and a sledgehammer from somewhere, and then we're like, we're going to go take care of this guy because he's a little bitch. (laughs) Because
1: that's what they show me. I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of secret about it. What do you so, mean? So, I don't know. I feel like there was, like, some sort of weird plan. and Someone on the outside was in on it. I don't know. Oh, you mean, like, for the riot? Or no, just- to kill this man.
0: Yeah. Well, he died during the riot. Well, I realize that. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Next story. So the next story is called Should Have Been Studying. And this honestly is the last story and it's a good one. Makes me happy. By the spooky Jedi, which is also just great. (laughs) So the spooky Jedi says, when I was in my first year of college, I had what I would call my first official paranormal encounter. My family had stepped out to go to the movies, leaving me at home with our young dog, Lucy. I had no interest in the movie, making the excuse of an upcoming history test. Once everyone was well gone, I turned most of the lights in the house off, save for the living room, put my Celtic guitar music tape cassette in the player, and brought Lucy inside. Our living room is large and spacious, bookshelves lining one wall with every type of book imaginable, a comfy sofa along the adjoining wall, and a large Turkish-style carpet on the floor. Opposite the sofas are two amazingly large windows with a great view of the backyard and two lazy boy chairs on either side of a small coffee table. I walked up to the bookshelves to grab a book to read. For a moment, I had the feeling of something behind me and a mind voice pushing my hand towards the history textbook. I shook the feeling grabbing a mystery murder book instead. I walked to the far window and settled into my dad's old worn super comfy lazy boy chair with my book, my coffee, and warm sunshine dancing through the window. I was reading there for about an hour, Lucy by my side, when her ears perked up and she let out a low wolf of recognition. I looked up and saw her staring at the bookshelves. I dismissed it. Bad choice. Suddenly, a book came flying at me from across the room. I curled up as the history textbook hit my leg and fell to the floor, opening to the very topic I should have been studying for. I picked up the textbook, put the mystery book away, and studied for the rest of the time. My family came back not 15 minutes later and I told them what had happened. They still don't believe me, but it put me on the paranormal path ever since. And I aced the test. The spooky Jedi. I love that story. It makes me so happy.
1: <laughs> who do you see? Like who threw the book? I don't know. I see some like funny man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he was like a grandfather or something. Um, I feel like he is related to you in some way. And he was like, get your shit together, kid. You got a test. (laughs) It just makes me happy. Dude, yeeted the book across the room. And the the icing on the cake really is that it opened to the exact page you should have been studying for. I wish I had a ghost that could do that when I was in college and just be like, hey, bitch, get your shit together. Specifically to opening the page book, the book to the right page. Because that was, saves
1: a lot of time. Manifestation. Oh, (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean everything's on like tablets now. I hated the books that you had to buy online and they were like just as expensive as the actual book too. It's a real pain in the butt. I uh challenge your spooky dude, spooky Jedi Man, to open a online textbook to the right page.
1: Probably easier.
0: <laughs> do you guys like stories like this? If you do, let us know in the comments below if you're listening on the Metapsychics Extra YouTube channel. And feel free to like, share, subscribe, whatever you do with podcasts to let us know how you feel. And until next time, we are your mother sa cakes.